What's up, everybody? Pastor Miles here. When you were born, your name was put on a birth certificate. But where's the name that God gave you in heaven? You're going to learn about that today. And get your Bibles out. On the count of three, say word, one, two, three, word. Turn to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. Last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 2. When I was growing up in New York, as I'm sure all of us um, experienced when we were kids, different kids had nicknames. And these nicknames usually had to do with how we saw them. Um, we had a, a, a guy who was a heavy, he was overweight, and his nickname was Heavy. Matter of fact, he was my best friend's brother, and I hardly knew his name because everybody called him Heavy. Even his mother, no one called him by his name. And it was cool. It was just he was heavy, so we called him Heavy. There was another guy who was skinny. We called him Slim. That was his name. There was another guy who was really dark. We called him Blackjack. That was his name. It wasn't a racial thing. It was just he was really dark, so we called him Blackjack. When I went to college, there was a white guy that, whose name was Whitey. Now, that could be really offensive, so, but that was the name that the, we learned that his family and friends gave him. So we, okay, we'll call him Whitey, but it wasn't a race thing. It was, that was his name. He was real pale. He had white hair, and they called him Whitey. And so we had all these names that people gave. I had a friend named T-Rock, and, and his name was Tyrone, and he was muscular. So we called him T-Rock. That was his name. Or we called him Rock. And so all these kids had different names, nicknames based on how we saw them or how they were categorized or identified by these nicknames. These nicknames were different than the names their mother gave them. Here's my question to you. We've been talking about discipleship. This is our fourth week. We're going to take communion today to kind of seal the deal. We've been talking about discipleship. What is your disciple name? God has a name for you. Check this out. Watch this. Watch this. See this stone right here? God has a name written on a stone, a white stone that you're going to get. We're going to read this in Revelation. And this name is associated with your spiritual identity. Your mother gave you a name. Your father gave you a name. I was named after Miles Davis, who was a famous, famous jazz trumpet player. I get that. But God's like, that's not the name I have for you. Because the name I have for you has to do with your gifts, your talents, your purpose in life. And hopefully one day you discover your name or at least discover your purpose so you lean into that name. Because you can give someone a name and they start leaning into that name and it is not what God wants them to, to lean into. Sometimes parents give us derogatory names. You're dumb, you're ugly, you're stupid. And we lean into that and we just deteriorate. We go the wrong direction. God has an honoring, empowering, kingdom-building, life-giving name for you. Now, I want you to think about today, what is that name? You may not get the exact name. I'm sure we go to heaven and we'll be like, oh, what is that in a different language? I'm not getting, getting that granular. But I want you to think about if there was a name for me that, the, that defined my purpose, that I could think about that would give me life and direction and clarity, what is that name? So three things I want you to think about. Identify your name. What could that be? Learn the meaning of that new name and then live out your new name. Remember, we're talking about discipleship. Minister meant to multiply. Minister means to understand your name and live it out. My ministry of my whole life is all about me fulfilling the name that, by the way, 
I didn't even really understand until relatively recently. And I'll get to that in a minute. But it is, it is once you get that clarity, it's like, whoa, everything makes sense. I want to read something to you from Revelation 2.17 because this is, this is kind of our due north for this, uh, this message. It says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation 2.17. To him who overcomes, I will give some hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone. Check this out. This white stone, and, and in the first century, stones were like tickets. And you would write something on a ticket, and you can get in, a, in an event. You, it says, I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Imagine you dying and going to heaven. And symbolically, literally, you get a stone and it has a name that God said, this is, what I, this is what I designated for you before you were in your mother's womb. That nobody knows except the person who gives it. When I heard and started to get clarity about my name, I was like, yes, yes. Now, uh, to know a person's name is to know what the person's character is and his nature. So I'm going to go through a list of names about God that God has revealed to us about himself. Because God is the only one that's not named. He is the unnamed namer. In other words, he's the beginningless beginner. He started everything but nothing started him. How is that true? Because he exists outside of time. He exists outside of what we consider reality. He has his own rules. He's eternal. He never had a beginning, won't have an end. He, he was never named. He just tells us the name he gave himself. And he didn't give himself because he didn't have a beginning. So he always had it. Ha! <laughs> so let's give, here are some names about God. Why are these critical? Because his names tell us about who he is, what he does. It's so critical that you understand God's names. Yehovah Shammah. We say Jehovah, Yehovah Shavah. God is here. He's always here. God can't not be here. God cannot ever not be here. He was always with you. Yehovah Yireh, or you say Jehovah Jireh. God provides. In order for God to provide, he has to understand your need. God understands your need. El Shaddai, almighty God. There's no one more mighty than God. Yehovah Elyon, the God most high. There's no one higher, more important, more powerful, more superior than God. El Olam, el everlasting God. He never had a beginning. He won't have an end. He is everlasting. Yehovah Sikkenu, the Lord of righteousness. If there's righteousness anywhere, and by the way, people you think get away with stuff, the Lord of righteousness will not let them get away with it because he's righteous always. El Roi, the God who sees me. God will never not see you. Yehovah Gilboa, Gilboa Milkama, the Lord is mighty in battle. God fights your battle. He's mighty in battle. Yeshua Hamashiach, the anointed one. God is anointed, set aside for his specific purpose. These are his names and they tell us his character. They tell us his purpose. They tell us his function. Five reasons why names, people's names are important. And there's more reasons than that. Number one, in Old Testament times, they would give names and they would add El, which is God, or Yah, Yehovah, to ensure that the, the child was connected to God. Ezekiel, may God strengthen. Daniel, God is my judge. Michael, who is like God. If your name is Mike, your name literally means who is like God. Yeshua, 
Yahweh is salvation. Jesus is a Greek word. Yahweh is salvation. Uh, Yehoakim. Yeah, Yahweh will establish. Yehoshaphat. Yahweh, as a matter of fact, Yehoshaphat is Jehovah Shaphat. Jehovah Shaphat. The Lord is judge, which is literally what it means. It's two words put together. Yahweh judges. Changing of names reveals a divine identity and purpose. When God changes someone's name in the Bible, he is, he is letting the world know I have a purpose that I want to tag on this person. I want to have a divine identity that I want revealed to the world about this person. The Bible says in Genesis, when Abraham was 99 years old, Genesis 17, 1 to 5, when he was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make a covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. His name was Abram. And then it says, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. You shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I made you a father of many nations. Genesis chapter 32, verse 28. He told Jacob, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. What is your name? What is your discipleship name? We were talking about being a disciple. Well, if you're going to walk with God and you're going to be disciplined with God, you've got to walk in the purpose God has given you. Number three, a biblical names record aspects of a person at birth. Esau means hairy. Esau had red hair all over his body, so they called him Esau. Just like my friend Heavy. Okay? Biblical names express a divine assignment at birth. Matthew 1.23, behold, a virgin shall be with child, a son, and they shall call him, we say Emmanuel, but it's really Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us. See the L at the end? God, Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, biblical names communicate God's message. Sometimes God names people because he's sending a message to the community. I talked about Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is Jehovah Yehovah Shaphat, the Lord who judges. The valley of Jehoshaphat is the valley of decision or the valley of judgment. Hosea means may Yahweh save. Hosea was a prophet to Israel. Israel was <laughs> walked away from God. So God said to Hosea, I want you to marry a prostitute who's going to be unfaithful to you. Then I want you to marry her again. Why? Because your relationship with that woman is symbolic of how my people have prostituted themselves with other gods. Yet I am going to take them back. May Yahweh save. Now, his kids, whoo, his kids' names reinforce the message. One kid's name was Jezreel, which means God scatters. God scatters. That was his kid. Another kid, Lo-Ami, means not pitied. God said, I'm not having pity on you for a period of time. And his other kid, Lo-Ruhumah, not my people. God told the people, you're not my people. Hosea, name your child Lo-Ruhumah. Now in the New Testament, same thing. John the Baptist. John was baptizing. Then you had 
James and John, the disciples, sons of thunder, Mark 3.17. Then you had doubting Thomas, okay, also called Didymus, meaning the twin. He was called doubting Thomas because he was always skeptical. You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that. You know, some of y'all like, you know, <laughs> negative Nancy, right? You're always negative. Don't be, and sorry if your name's Nancy, <laughs> but don't be that person. Simon the Zealot was a political activist. Simon the Zealot. But the most important name change I want to talk to you about is Peter. Now, here's what you have to, I want you to think about. I want you to start thinking about you. What is God's name for you? Now, you may have a name or a title or a function that you want God to see, how you want God to see you that way, but your life has not been that way. That's okay. It, he may have put that desire in you. I'm going to read this passage, and it's in the book of John 1.40. And it says, this is when Jesus is identifying his disciples, and he says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard that John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah that is called the Christ, the anointed one. And he brought him to Jesus and Jesus looked at him and said, watch this. Jesus looked at him and said, hmm, you're Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas or stone. Soon as he saw him, not only did he know who he was, he said, I know who you are. You're, you're Peter, right? You're Simon, which means hearer or listener. Your name is Simon, but I'm going to rename you. And I'm going to call you Stone Rock. Now, here's what is so amazing about this. Peter was not a rock. He was impulsive. He was erratic. He was up and down. He was loud. He, and he, he was a leader. He was, he was, you know, up front and, you know, a big woo personality. But he was all over the thing. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I see past all that. I see a rock. When, when, when Jesus was arrested... Right before Jesus was arrested, Peter's like, I'll die with you. I'll do anything with you. And then Jesus gets arrested and he cuts off the, the Roman soldier's ear with a sword, just erratic. And then, then not hours later, a little girl saying, you're one of the disciples. And, he's, and he curses Jesus three times saying, I don't know him. So in one thing, he's like, I'm going to die for you. And the next minute he's like, I don't know you. He's all over, he's over the place. When Jesus was, you know, cooking fish on the thing, he jumps out the boat and starts swimming to the shore. He won't wait till the boat gets to the shore. He's just all over the place saying stuff, proclaiming stuff, making promises he can't keep. But then Jesus says, I'm going to call you rock. Now, I wasn't there. But I wonder if the other disciples like, him? That dude's all over the place. God doesn't see as man sees. Man looks at the outward. God looks at the heart. And not only the heart of man, whoo, God looks at the heart of the father that he has for the man or the woman. And he says, I call you rock. Let me read Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. Again, it says, 
He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give him a hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone. And on that stone, a new name is written, which no one knows except who receives it. That, in other words, I'm going to give you something, and God's going to reveal something to you that you're going to go, whoa, that's me. So number one, identify your name. I don't want you to overthink it. I don't want you to stress over it. But I want you to think about, man, am I a communicator? Am I an encourager? Am I a listener? Am I a planner? Am I a strategist? Am I an idea person? Am I a healer? Am, am I a prayer warrior? One of the best ways to know this is what is your spiritual gift? Go to take a spiritual gift test. Trust me, whatever name God has for you, is tied to your spiritual gifts because God gave you those spiritual gifts so he can use them. Last week, I talked about how God fixes things, heals people so he can, they can be disciples and be functional in the kingdom. What is your name? And, and I would encourage you to ask your friends, what do you see in me that how God uses me? What do you see in me that's a talent? What do you see in me? That is a strength of mine. Now, I used to think <clears throat> that my name was the evangelist. I love evangelism. I do evangelism. I'm gifted at evangelism. No question. And I lived with that identity for decades. And I still have it. But it wasn't about three years ago someone came to me and said, you know what? I think that you're more than an evangelist. I think that you're a unifier. And I was like, whoa. Now, whatever name you come up with, it's not something you go tell a bunch of people. But it is critical that you know it. So I'm only telling you this to help you get in touch with yours. But when I started thinking about that, evangelist was true. But this was something that was even more true. It was more clarity. Because when people get saved, they're unified to God. But it doesn't stop there. People are unified to each other. If you've ever been to our church here in San Diego, it is diverse like the United Nations. We call it skills church. We got all kinds of people up in here. And people come to church. And here's the thing about it. We didn't really try to do that. It just happened. There's a lot of organizations trying to figure out how to have diverse congregations. And there's, you know, I don't want to say techniques, but there's certain things to do. You want to have a diverse leadership, diverse people on stage, all this but we didn't really sit here and go, okay, we want to make sure we do all this. It just happened. Here's one of the clues to your name. What happens through your life without you trying? Woo! I'm going to say it again because it's powerful. I'm going to say it again and I'm going to say it slow and I'm going to say it loud. What does God do through your life without you even thinking about it? Now, the devil does stuff through your life without you thinking about it. You irritate people when you don't even know it. You talk about people. You tear people down. You discourage people. So that's on this side. But what does God do? How is God blessing people? We got to even realize it. You encourage people. You, you're a good listener. You, you got, have good ideas. You're a good counselor. And you don't even know it because it's so natural to you. It's, it's just so easy for you that your name is wrapped up in that. Your purpose, your gifting 
Your destiny, your kingdom contribution is wrapped up in that. So identify your name. And here's my encouragement to you. Take a spiritual gifts test. Just start writing stuff down. Talk to people and start to get clarity. And don't worry about being right or wrong. Just go on the journey. Get a name. Then modify it. A year later you modify it. And, but here's the thing. After you learn a name, then you got to start learning the meaning of your name. Once you identify it, what does it mean? When I, as an evangelist, we started putting on youth crusades. And I asked another evangelist, how is it that I know how to do all this? And he said, when you got the gift to evangelize, you also got the gift to know how to set the meetings up. Now, I'm not saying every evangelist has that. But what came with the gift to do it was all these ancillary benefits and abilities. So if you're a listener, do you know what that means? Learn. It means body posture. A lot of stuff you may do naturally. Body posture, tone of voice, repeating back to people what they're saying, getting clarity. You may be doing all these different things that, are, that other people don't know how to do. And if you can learn and write it down and improve on it, now you're leaning into your name. And you are now fulfilling what God has created you to do. And number three, live it out. We've been talking for three, this is our fourth week on minister, mentor, multiply. Minister simply means understanding your name, your identity, your gifting, and living it out. So if I'm a unifier, guess what I got to do? I got to do stuff that brings people together. Not only people together with each other, but people together with God, with the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the truth of God. And so here's my encouragement to you before we take communion. My encouragement to you is to sit down. We've been talking about discipleship. Get some people in your life and go on a journey with them. Go on a discipleship journey with them. Get to know who you are, what you've been called to do, what you've been gifted to do. And come up with that name for yourself and write it down. Write it as God's going to do, write it on a stone. Write it on a piece of paper and say, this is who I am. And trust me, you'll get more clarity clarity as you walk, as you live, as you learn about it, as you talk to people. That's the exciting thing about the journey. It's a journey. It's a process of revelation. So as we take communion, when Jesus at the Last Supper took the bread and broke it, he was telling his disciples, look, I'm getting ready to die. So I need to prepare y'all to commission you to take the message. As my disciples, I've gifted you, I've identified you, I've named you, I've labeled you, I've empowered you, I've equipped you, and now i got to go. So we're going to take this and um, seal the deal. The Bible says in Matthew 26, 26, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and broke it and gave to disciples. He said, take, eat. This is my body. Please get out your elements as we prepare to take communion. He said, take, eat. This is my body. And what he was saying was, I am going to be broken. I'm going to be crucified. 
And I want you to remember what, I, what you see me go through because you're going to go through it. That's what he's telling his disciples. And all of them were killed for their faith. Peter, by the way, by the way, Peter, who he renamed Simon, who he renamed Rock, Stone, was crucified upside down. Peter said, I am not worthy to be crucified like Jesus. And they crucified him upside down. He was a rock. Would you take this? I want to pray that you would identify with the name, identity, purpose God has given you. And you would say, Lord, for the rest of my life, starting this day, I'm going to walk that name out. I'm going to give my life to that because that's the purpose for which you have called me. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. And as we take the body of Christ, if you have never asked Christ to be your Savior, pray this prayer before you take this communion. Pray, dear God, I believe you died and rose from the dead for me. I surrender my life to you. I commit my life to being a disciple, to living out my name, my purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them and said, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink of it with you in my Father's kingdom. Take out your juice, however what cup you have. And this represents the blood of Jesus Christ that forgives you of your sin. Lord, thank you that your sinless blood was shed for us. Thank you that we are forgiven and that your love covers a multitude of sin. But Lord, we are not forgiven for our sake. We are forgiven for heaven's sake that we can live it out and build the kingdom of God on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me leave you with this. None of us can do this alone. And I want to encourage you to get in a group and get in the discipleship process with some brothers and sisters from the church. Text the word groups to 52525. And we want to help you on this journey. Identify your name, live out your name, learn your name. So we together can build the kingdom of God. God bless you. See you next week.